Welcome to Extension Out Loud. I'm Paul Treadwell. And I'm Katie Balden. We recently spent some time at Empire Farm Days and were able to spend a few minutes talking with Assemblywoman Donald Lepardo, who has sponsored legislation supporting hemp production here in New York. Assemblywoman Lepardo is the representative for the 123rd Assembly District, which includes Binghamton and Vestal, and she's also the chair of the Assembly Agriculture Committee. And during our conversation, which happened in the Cornell Barn, so you'll hear some background noise, mm-hmm. we discussed current and upcoming legislation that supports hemp production here and current efforts to ensure accurate labeling of hemp products. Hi, uh, Assemblywoman Donna Lepardo. I chair the Committee on Agriculture and the New York State Assembly. I represent the 123rd Assembly District based in Binghamton, New York. So one of the major efforts that you're working on in Albany now is hemp. Yes. So can you tell us a little bit about the history of hemp, how it came to be an issue for New York State, and what's happening with it right now? The history of hemp is the history of the United States, but I think what you meant was in contemporary times. When the uh, U.S. Farm Bill allowed hemp research pilot programs to be established back in 2014 for states that passed legislation allowing it, I immediately introduced and passed in that very same year a bill with Senator O'Mara in the Senate to allow us to go down that track. And it took some persuading. It took a lot of education, obviously. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of my colleagues associated hemp with cannabis or with marijuana. And I think once they understood that there was such a win-win potential with this new commodity crop, not only for farmers, but in places like Binghamton, for example, it has potential to revitalize a sector of manufacturing as well. So there was compelling reasons on, on a number of fronts for my colleagues to support this. So it took a couple of years to get those regulations in place. We put our first seeds in the ground in the 2016. And since then, we have been building and adapting to the needs of farmers and also to our manufacturing sector mm-hmm. that wants to uh, get involved, to co-locate alongside other plants that might have uh, biomass available if they're producing CBD. So um, it's been really rewarding. My colleagues have all been very supportive. Mm-hmm. So at this point, there are still uh, research trials that are ongoing, I assume, but there's also farmers, growers that are already producing hemp. What's the scale right now of hemp in New York State? Well, at the moment, we have approved for growing 15,092 acres, and we have a lot more applications in the hopper. We have currently permitted 450 growers. 358 of those are growing for CBD, for hemp extracts. Mm -hmm. And a smaller portion, 93 of them are growing for fiber and grain, either fiber alone, grain alone, or a varietal that is more of a hybrid. And we have about 115 processors doing CBD as well as fiber and grain. We are certainly in the top 10 of states in the country growing industrial hemp. We are looked at as a role model, as a gold standard in terms of the consumer safety protections that I am currently working on. But New York has been, at the same time, cautious, careful, mindful, but also taking risks at the same time. It sometimes feels like we're building the airplane while we're flying it, (laughs) but in order to stay competitive and really, you know, release the promise of this plant for many sectors of our economy, we really had to. And in the process, we really are a national leader in many regards. 2016 was when the first seeds hit the ground. Yes. At 2019, we're one of the leaders. 
Yes. What has led to that environment? What has made it so that this is a successful effort across New York State? Well, to use a car metaphor, all of the cylinders were operating together in coordination. So we had governments at all levels, from the governor, the legislature, and the executive branch through the Department of Ag and Markets, mm-hmm. all committed to this. That is unusual in some states. You usually have one outlier not supportive. So we had all of our government officials supportive. We had local law enforcement willing to learn and listen. Uh, we have, you know, obviously one of the top agricultural colleges in the country behind this at Cornell and schools like uh, SUNY Morrisville ready and willing to uh, help with the research aspect of it. I'd also like to give a shout out to Binghamton University School of Pharmacy. If it were not for their involvement as a research partner, New York State would not be growing or at all involved in hemp extracts. We needed some medical school, pharmaceutical school to put their reputation behind the needed research. Uh There's a lot of medical claims. There's a lot of disputed notions about what hemp can and cannot do. And many, many states have shied away from CBD, but not New York State. So what went right? Everybody was committed to working together, and the governor as well put resources behind it, created a working group, allowed us to create a CBD subcommittee within that group, and the willingness to share information and to collaborate is unique to most states. There are several parts of hemp that are being produced. There's you know, the seeds, the stalks, the flowers. What do you see as kind of the biggest growing industry that's picking up hemp as an ingredient to their products? Well, it came as a bit of a surprise to those of us who assumed that the field crop version of industrial hemp would be the dominant thing. Uh, Those varieties that are grown for fiber and grain or for both. But as it turns out, people are interested in the more lucrative CBD, cannabidiol, you see it all over the place. And as we see it all over the place, it has prompted those of us who are involved in legislation and regulation to put in place some of the strictest consumer protections in the country. Uh, Right now, I'm waiting on action from the governor on a bill I passed. It's called the Hemp Extracts Law that would essentially require a very strict labeling standard for all CBD products, for example, that would involve a QR code that would open up a world of information to a consumer regarding where it was grown, how it was tested, whether there there are um, underlying medical conditions that need to be addressed, dosing standards. So at the moment, no other state, to my knowledge, has that requirement. What will happen is if we put that in place, other states will have to meet New York standard. And many of them are already doing that in advance of the direction we're heading in. The Commissioner for Agriculture and Consumer Safety, it's a combined position in Florida, was in New York State a couple of weeks ago looking at what we're doing. She referred to my bill, and I was very uh, touched that she described it as a gold standard that many other states are looking at. But in my opinion, if people are purchasing CBD of unknown origin with unknown chemical content, we are risking uh, the consumer health and safety, and we have an obligation to get it right. But CBD, long story short, that's what people are looking at. (laughs) It's interesting that it is pretty much everywhere. You can stop at a gas station 24 store and you can find CBD jewel pods. You can find 
this variety of gummy bears. I mean, let the buyer beware. Yeah. If the label does not give you any information, really take a pause. Certainly, if it's been grown and produced in New York State, you should have a much better feeling about it because we have pretty strict standards for our growers and processors. But eventually, you're going to want to know what's behind this product, as, as you would expect of anything. What do you see the role of a system like Cooperative Extension in helping this growing industry? How much time do you have? <laughs> it's vitally important. We have not grown this crop at this level in, in New York State in over 85 years. The knowledge base is not there at every level. We need the old-fashioned extension agents who can help people navigate this very tricky world, especially on the fundamental question, do you plan to grow this yourself or do you plan to be a contract grower? What are the differences? What are the things you need to know before you go down this road? Number one. Number two, people need to look at what's growing elsewhere in your community. The extension associate and Aga Markets ought to be advising people to look at maps <laughs> and to look at what's already being permitted so we don't have uh, valuable CBD crops being cross-pollinated by fiber and grain as buffers that need to be put in place. I have not been successful in legislating this matter and we're hoping that Extension and others will, will help take a look at that as well. Also, this is not an easy thing to grow. People would be well better advised to grow a small acre, a couple of acres, just to see how it adapts to your soil conditions and your, your geography. People are, have been jumping in and getting hurt financially when they're surprised to learn that the hemp is leaching old chemicals out of the soil or old pesticides that you know, hadn't been grown. I visited a farm recently that nothing had been grown on it for 35 years, and they just tilled it and... Off they went without testing, I believe, the soil properly. And there's a lot to consider. This is why we need extension. <laughs> you also mentioned the uh, the seed bank at Cornell Agritech this morning. So can you share with us a little bit about what that is? Sure. I mean, it was very good news that Senator Schumer announced the, uh, the other day that he got half a million dollars for Agritech. We're going to establish the first of its kind in the country, a hemp seed bank, industrial hemp germ plasm repository. Yeah. And again, it furthers our position as leading in terms of a knowledge base. This isn't proprietary knowledge. This is knowledge for the greater good for those people in farming and agriculture who want to get into this. Cornell is really distinguishing itself in that regard. Thank you for listening to Extension Out Loud. Brought to you by Cornell Cooperative Extension. This episode of Extension Out Loud was produced and edited by Paul Treadwell with help and advice from Katie Belden and R.J. Anderson. Please give us your feedback through our listener survey and sign up for our mailing list for notifications about new episodes. Links to both of these can be found on our SoundCloud page. Or by visiting or... extensionoutloud.com. Oh, really? Yes. Oh.